This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Gym Day Podcast is brought to you by Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Now batting number one in our hearts. At least he'd like to think so. It's the Jim Day Podcast. And welcome again to another edition of the Jim Day Podcast. We are presented by Kroger. And our guest today is uh, someone that frequents Kroger often, I do believe. <laughs> you got that right. But what we had to do, because we're doing this one via Zoom, is... Uh, I didn't know if you could have a Zoom call like in the middle of the wilderness where the cowboy normally hangs out, but somehow, some way, we've picked up a Wi-Fi signal out there in the middle of the wilderness where he's just with his horse and a campfire, and that's pretty much it. He's the cowboy, yeah, <laughs> the cowboy Jeff Brantley. How we doing? I'm doing good, man. Good, good. Uh, boy, it's uh. It's nice to see your face. As a, this is an audio medium, but I am able to see you while we're doing this interview, which is good. So it's good to see you. It's good to see you. I see you got that little beard working. I like that. That's a, a little beard. So I can't grow the, like the really manly beard, Jeff. That uh, you know some of these guys like will not shave, and then by four p.m. that day they'll have a full beard. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not one that can do that either. So. Takes me a little while, but uh, it's been very, and I've said this on this podcast before, it's been very liberating not not having to shave because normally my whole life I've had to be on TV, uh, which is amazing they still put this mug on TV, but, you know, not having to shave is a beautiful thing. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been doing through this pandemic? We'll start there. Um, it's been a little different, but uh, your home a time of year right now where you're not normally home. Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely different here in the summertime. Um, you know, I, I noticed when we got back from spring training, when they cut spring training off, the, the first thing that I noticed was the flowers because I'm, I'm really never here at that time of year. I yeah. don't even come back. And uh, just the, the magnolias, the blooms on the magnolias, all of the roses and the flower. I mean, it just, it's just a, it's just a different look. Uh, most of the time when I'm here during the winter, uh, the grass is not green. Uh, the, you know, you've got bushes and plants that look green, but that's the first thing that you notice here in, in Mississippi is just the, the major amount of growth. I mean, trees hanging over the roads. It's just, it's just a whole different look. And, uh, you know, to me, that, that's one of the things that Ashley and I have done. We've, we've planted a ton of flowers. I'm not a big fan of digging holes. I'll just tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna ask you. Uh, like this is manual look. labor. I like look. <laughs> manual labor, dude. I mean, you digging a hole. Wow. Well, you gotta. You know, the thing about it is when you're when you can't go out, you can't go to restaurants. You, there's there's really nothing to do. You you just make do, and you figure out some things, and you just you just try to bide your time. I, I think one of the the greatest blessings for me and my son is being able to play baseball together every day. Um, yeah. After Rosano and Krimchek fix my arm, at least I can throw and throw batting practice, let him hit. I mean, he's, he just turned 13. So that, that's been one of those things that we never get to do and we've got to do it this entire time. So it's, it's been a, been a blessing and a curse at the same time, but it's been great for me and him. Wow. Mason is 13. Do you believe that? <laughs> the dude is growing quick. I mean, he's going up. So what? What's he playing? Is uh, you got him pitching? What? What do you got him doing? He pitches. He plays third. He pitches. He plays some outfield, some, but mostly third and pitching. So he, uh, is he pitching done, like dad? What's that? Is he pitching like dad up in on the hands. 
Uh, I don't know if he's ready for that yet, but we're working on just getting it over the plate with some velocity. <laughs> there you go. Um, do you even know what plants you're planting or is it just kind of the wife's like, that'll look good here. You dig the hole. <laughs> no, I, I know we, we go to the nursery and, and look around. Um, you know, it, a lot of it, um, has been rose bushes. We planted a lot of those and those come out like that. Yeah. And, there's some petunias. There's some, um, uh, I'm trying to think of what, the, I don't know all the names of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying to look smart. I just dig the hole, man, and I put the water on it. That's why I nailed it. I nailed it. It's like, all right, honey, this one will look good here. You dig the hole. That's and right. Then I'll, you know. Anyways, uh, there was a time, I, I think it's so cool that you're able to throw with Mason now, because there was a time and traveling with you and being around you on a daily basis where you couldn't lift your arm above shoulder height. I mean, not even, let alone throw. And you had a shoulder replacement, which is still crazy to me. Yeah, um, it's still crazy to me. I'll be honest with you. I mean, being able to do the things that I can do now, um, and, and I don't, I'm not going overboard. It's not like I'm throwing rockets and playing long toss with him, but I can, I can throw the ball. I can throw batting practice. I don't overdo anything, but, um, you know, like I've, like I've said to you many times before, uh, Krimchek's seen parts of my body that I haven't even seen. You know I mean? He's, <laughs> he's fixed everything I've got. And Dr. Rosano who did the surgery with him, uh, it, it's just, it's amazing what they can do now, but, I couldn't get the milk out of the refrigerator before I had this surgery. And wow. now I'm throwing batting practice to my kid. That is awesome. Uh, are your golf days over though? Are those behind um, you? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I can go play. It's just, I, I like to be able to walk the next day. And because of the way my back is, I, I can play and it, I can deal with it. It's just the succession of play. I mean, I'm not, I'm never going to be the, the golfer that I was 15 years ago. There's just no way I can do it on a regular basis. I miss those days of those mornings on the road where <laughs> it would be like 280 to clear the water. Cowboy didn't come out here to lay up. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, man. It's like 280 to clear the water. I wouldn't, don't, splash. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's not like I'm out there trying to shoot 72 every time. I'm out there to try to do something that nobody else can do. I mean, that's that's just my my thought process. You swing out of your shoes, man. It'd be great. I, I, Probably I, on my back hurts all the time. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. Loved it. Miss those days. Maybe maybe one day again. We'll do it. Um, so the family's not tired of you yet? No. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, but the thing about all of this is it's just, it's actually been great for all of us yeah. because, you know, when, when you have as much separation as, as we do as players and as broadcasters and anybody that's really involved in the game of baseball, there's a, there's a lot of times where we might go, we might go over a month without being able to see the kids or Ashley. Right. And having this, this time at home, um, you, you kind of reflect back on that. I mean, you, you know that there is going to come a point in time where we're going to have that separation because the kids are still in school. It's not like I can pull them out and say, all right, we're going to Chicago. Let's go shopping. I mean, that doesn't work right now, maybe down the road, but it doesn't work right now. So, you know, we're, we kind of have learned to appreciate that. I mean, I appreciate being around the kids more patient and they appreciate having daddy home and being able to do fun things. Yeah. What I've found is I've been, you know, I do most every game for years and years and years now. So I'm just used to this time of year just being locked down and just being in, you know, grinding it out. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm able to sit on my back deck at like six, seven o'clock at night and it's gorgeous out. And you feel, I almost feel like a normal human being. Now I would trade it for them playing baseball right now. Um, but boy, it's really opened my eyes to like, man, I, it's, it's nice just being home on a very nice evening. <laughs> it is. You know, I, I, I enjoy getting to be here and, and being normal, but I mean, I've, I've done nothing else for the last 32 years. Every single yep. summer, all I have done is major league baseball, whether it's playing or broadcast, I haven't done anything else. And when that's kind of taken away, um, 
there's a, there's a part of you that's missing. I mean, I, I mean, baseball is, is who I am. That's what I do. I've done it forever. Yeah. Feel the same way. Just, I, I, you know, I wanted to, went out and was thinking about just having a catch so I could hear the snap of a ball hitting a glove, <laughs> even if it's my glove and my tired arm. Now, did you say having a catch or playing catch? Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, there is a difference. Playing catch and then the movie version, having a catch. Hey, Dad, want to have a catch? <laughs> Feel it's the dreams. Catch. Yeah, it's playing catch. It's playing catch. <laughs> I think <laughs> I drew your ire a little bit right there. Well, if you're having a catch, you might as well be catching bugs. <laughs> you're playing catch, you're playing. Let's go. Come on. Having a catch. Uh, I was even invited to play some adult softball, which I may uh, may happen here coming up if they don't play baseball soon. But yeah, just different. Life is different, man. I I feel for uh, everyone that has struggled through this. It's just been a man. Twenty twenty. I don't know how else to put it, Jeff. It sucks. <laughs> it's I, you know, and and the thing about it is, we have not had it bad. I mean, we're not getting to work, obviously, but. There are a lot of people that, man, I mean, every time you turn on the news, there's something going on that, uh, at least in my lifetime, I've not seen this. I mean, it's yeah. it's crazy. Well, a lot of people have lost their livelihoods and their businesses, and obviously a lot of people have lost their lives. It's just, uh, now you have social unrest going on, and it's just, I just hope that we come out of this, uh, you know, having learned some lessons and that we can better ourselves going forward because this is an unusual year, man. This is unbelievable. Well, hopefully when, when things begin to, to progress forward, we learn a little bit better how to treat one another. Um, and I think that's, that may be part of why this has happened to begin with. Maybe it's part of a, a bigger picture to, for people to learn how to treat each other because, man, we're, we're so, we're so concentrating on trying to get from first to second, second to third and third to home. We forget how we got there to begin with. I yeah. mean, we got to treat people better. man. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, boy, I, I hope it, I've, I've tried to step back and think about, I hope this is part of a bigger picture. Like you said, that we're just, this is just a microcosm of it right now. And, uh, the bigger picture down the line is going to be that we're going to treat each other better. So we hope so. Um, Man, not playing baseball, though, Jeff. You've been on the player side of negotiations. What, in 95, when you went to the NLCS, you guys started late, right? You had about two weeks to get ready? Yeah. Um, we we had gone out in August. We went on strike in August of 94. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I've told people many times, even though we went to the playoffs in 95, uh, I thought we had as good a team, maybe better in 94 and didn't really get to see anything come to fruition. Um, we were playing great baseball and basically sat home the, the rest of the season. Nobody had playoffs. Nobody had World Series. Uh, we didn't know if we were going to play or not all the way through the offseason uh, into spring training. And I, I can remember spending my winter in Washington, D.C. All we did was lobby Congress. And it was all about antitrust exemption and the, the owners versus the players. It was um, it was not something that I ever want to do again. I can assure you of that. Um, but it it's part of that mistrust that that players and, and ownership and Major League Baseball has going on. That's been going on forever. Yeah. And as as we have seen all of this play out here in the last two or three months, <laughs> it does seem like it's getting a whole lot better. No, and that not playing the World Series in 94, there are still people that hold a grudge that they would never come back. Well, and we there was serious back, damage done then. When we came back in 95, uh, it was basically keep yourself ready. Uh, the closer that we got, that we thought we were getting, um, and it was just got to the point where everybody was saying, all right, be ready one way or the other because Sonia Sotomayor is going to issue a ruling one way or the other. You're probably going to play. We just don't know what kind of deal we're going to get. And 
once the ruling was made, it was, I mean, it was not even two, three days. We were back in spring training and getting ready to play two and a half weeks later, we start the season. Um, and it, it was not, um, it was not that, it was not that easy for starting pitchers. I, bullpen guys. I didn't think it was a big deal. I'll be honest with you. Um, and I didn't think it was that big a deal for hitters. I thought the starters starting pitchers that were expected to go six or seven innings. Um, I thought they had a tough time and I think they're going to have a tough time when we begin play this time. I don't care how ready you are trying to get that, repetition and those innings and that the arm and the feel of, of getting back into that. I don't care how much off season throwing you've done. You're just not, you're not going to be there in two and a half, three weeks. Well, I always say that the pitchers are going to be ahead of the hitters hitters. It takes a while to get their timing down. You think uh, even with that being said of what you said of how tough it's going to be for pitchers to get ready, that it'll still be some low scoring games early on. Um, or how do you see I think, it? I think you're going to have, you're going to have certain pitchers that that come out like gangbusters, just like we did in 95. You'll have guys come out and they are getting everybody out. But as a general rule, I think starting pitchers are going to struggle. I think what we see now in our game today that we didn't see in 94 and 95 is the extreme use of bullpen arms. And I think with the additional rosters, at least what we're hearing, if we've got additional roster spots, those spots, a lot of them are going to go to bullpen members. Yeah. So you may see a starter come out, pitch three innings, and for the last six innings of the ballgame, you're going to see a different pitcher every time, every inning if you're winning the ballgame. Uh, that's going to make it tough on hitting. That makes it tough to swing the bat. No doubt about it. Um, you didn't have social media back in 94, 95, which we have now. And it seems like every piece of the negotiation is done via play-by-play now on social media. And it is not helping anyone, is it? No, I, I think the, the leaks that are, um, that are coming out into the media, um, regardless of who is, who is putting it out there, but there are, there are just about every time the leaks that are coming out into Twitter or the social media are hitting before the players even know what happened. Right. So that, that in itself is an extreme amount of frustration from the player side, uh, because you're, you're trying to keep up with this and it's, it's kind of like getting released on the radio. You know, you don't, you want to be playing and instead of your manager or your general manager coming to tell you you're, you're getting released, you, you hear it on some talk show guys, radio thing. I mean, you, you don't, you don't want to be there. That, that's not where a player wants to be. He wants to be able to have the information and be able to ask questions. And when you see it on social media, the only question is how did this guy get this if it wasn't on purpose? Wow. Even back uh, way back in the day, uh, our compadre, Chris Welsh found out he was traded on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You don't want to hear that. Way back when. I didn't tell you where you could have yeah. a at least some human interaction. He was listening to the radio one day and they went over some trade from the, I think it was the Padres to the Yankees. And he thought he heard his name. So he had to look up the number of the radio station and called the DJ and say, Hey, who did you, what'd you just report? And that's how he found out he was traded. (laughs) That's not a good way to find out anything. No, not at all. Um, I don't want to sit here and, and I'd rather talk about interesting stuff because you're an interesting guy, but, the time that we're in right now with no baseball and all this ill will and all of these opinions out there are, are you worried about what's going on and the, the ill will from the, if you will, I, I can't think of a better term right now that for the, the fans are feeling right now. I don't know that I'm worried. I, I do know that it has a detrimental effect to the game in this time. I know that when we came back in 95, there were very few fans at the ballpark and we didn't have COVID-19. They just didn't come because they were mad that we had been on strike and then we got locked out of spring training. It was just, you know, as you, you see this comment all the time, billionaires arguing with millionaires. It, it's just that it, that is the normal public perception. If you're a fan of the Cincinnati Reds or the New York Yankees or whoever it may be, that's how you look at it. And it's worse now because of all the people that are out of work and all the social unrest that's out there. Uh, it, it makes it worse 
hearing that on a daily basis that these guys are arguing about millions and billions of dollars. So it, it ends up being a problem. And the, the thing that, that I see going into a year where the collective bargaining agreement is up at the end of next year, we're already setting the stage for extreme animosity in an, in an environment that is collectively bargained already with animosity that is off the charts. Yeah. So we're not, we're not making this any better for something that definitely has to have a thorough negotiation going in to 2022. Well, I worry about the CBA and once we get back on the field here in 2020 and whatever capacity is decided, uh, maybe it takes an arbitrator. I don't even, I don't even know if that's, if they, they would allow that now, or if the commissioner is just going to tell us how many games are, they're going to play. Um, I feel like there's need just needs to be different people in the room if they're going to negotiate this CBA after what happens here in 2020. That you know, it, the personalities start to get involved, and you can't you have animosity going into the room, let alone talking about the issues. I I almost feel like they have to get some new faces in there. We definitely have some some heads bumping at the moment. Um, you can see the at least the little bit of jabs that go back and forth between Bruce Meyer and Dan Haslam. I mean, that it's, it's, it's going back and forth. That that's already happened. And there are a little bit of undercuts of why you did this or can't believe that you said that. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of sniping. And if, if that continues, uh, it, it just, it's not to say that you can't get an agreement, but it makes it a lot more difficult. Yeah. Oh, enough of that. I'm, uh, it's, it frustrates me. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, you know, I, I'm a broadcaster and I make my living in baseball, but I'm a fan first. I've always been a fan first. So it just like any other fan, it's just frustrating to me. Um, And I, I don't understand all the issues. I'd be lying if I said I understand all the billions and millions that they're arguing about other than these people breaking down these offers. Um, but man, it's frustrating. Can you talk me off the ledge? Well, I, <laughs> please. I'm, I'm trying to be a positive guy. No, I, I think that sooner or later, the, the issues will be settled. I mean, I, I don't worry about playing baseball. I just worry about the perception that it throws out there. Yeah. That, and, and I was worried about it when I was playing. I, I just didn't, I just didn't think it as a good look. But it happens. I mean, and it's not just baseball. This happens in a lot of other industries. It's just so public and so monetarily focused when it's a sport. It's not, it's not considered by most folks to just be a job. It, it's considered a sport, and you're out there and lucky to be throwing around a baseball for a living. Well, players don't quite see it as being lucky. There's a lot of work and a lot of grind that goes into getting to the big leagues you don't just show up and, and get a paycheck you know yeah. i mean it's and it's the same way with from an ownership side i mean you bought the team it's your team you you should be able to decide how this thing is going to be run and then you've got those two forces working against each other and not working together and it, it makes for a rough issue especially when it's in the public and in the public eye and social media as you mentioned all the time all right, hope you're enjoying the conversation with the Cowboy Jeff Brantley. We'll get back to it in a moment after these messages from Kroger. Prince fans, this episode of the Jim Day Podcast is brought to you by Black Forest Juicy Burst and Organic Fruit Snacks. Made with real fruit juice, Black Forest Juicy Burst and Organic Fruit Snacks come in delicious mixed fruit and very medley flavors. They're an excellent source of vitamin C with colors from real sources. And they're perfect for a snack for lunches on the go anytime at Black Forest Juicy Burst and Organic Fruit Snacks at Kroger throughout Red's country. Black Forest. Real juicy, real good. Two are Kroger Associates. From the long hours and late nights, for the miles traveled and the shelves restocked, for making a difference in our customers' lives, for doing so much more than your job. Everyone at the Kroger family of brands and our customers say thank you. In a time when daily life feels a bit uncertain, your hard work is keeping America fed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. I would trade everything for a 162-game season 
But if we do get back on the field in 2020 and it's a sprint to the finish and you have expanded playoffs, even if it's just for one year, um, expanded playoffs, man, that'll be, that'll be fun. I mean, that will be, I think you can put the ill will behind you if you have get some sort of a season in and these expanded playoffs are just awesome and you have a ton of cities involved. Yeah, momentum is a great elevator. And I remember 95, after we got through the first three and a half, four, first month, I guess you could say, uh, we began to play really, really well. And as we began to take off, it it just, uh, you came to the ballpark every day expecting to win. And it even though we only missed about a month of the season, it felt like the end of the season was a step away. Just like, just keep this up and we're right there and we'll, we'll win all of this. And we played like that. And, and I think that that's the mentality that you'll see when we come back to play, whether it's three weeks from now or whether it's a month from now, I, I, we're going to have baseball. It, it just depends on how many games we're going to play. But I think you're going to see just some, some serious knockdown drag out battles, especially with teams that are really equipped. And I think the Reds are one of those teams that's really ready and equipped to have this kind of season. I, I don't know that you could structure it any better for a Reds team than what you have right now. What do you, what makes you say that? Is it the, the pitching? Is it the rotation? Uh, is it some of the bullpen arms? Do you think that you talk about expanded rosters and most of those guys are going to be relievers? Do you have, do they have enough relievers? What makes you say that they are equipped? I, I think that when you, when you look at the additions to this ball club, Castellanos, Mustakas, and then you look at where this pitching staff is, um, you've got, you've really got five everyday guys that can go out and handle themselves even, even without their best stuff. I mean, they're, they, the guys have been around. I think they, they understand how to pitch. There, there are no newbies in this issue. We're, we're not in a position where we're having tryouts in 2020. We got a lot of guys that can flat out play. So with that being said, all of these guys have spent this entire um, time off thinking about, okay, we're going to have Suarez back. You're going to have Senzel back. They're going to be healthy. Um, could you write a better script for a club to just take it all? I, I don't know that you can. Yeah. And I don't care about these other clubs. I know everybody else thinks that they have it together. This is the first Reds team since I've been back here broadcasting that I would say this club could win it all. This club could just walk out there, play like they're supposed to play, the, the numbers that are on the back of their baseball cards, and they've got a chance to do whatever they want to do. Well, we were talking in the spring like, uh, wow, how are they going to get enough uh, playing time for all these outfielders? Well, if we're talking about a universal DH in 2020, team is set up for that. This would be a benefit to the Reds. Yeah, I, I think what you the problem that you have with a big sprint like this in 50, 60 ballgames, whatever it ends up being, uh, you're going to want your guys to play as much as possible, especially your your name guys, your everyday guys. You want them in there every single day. The, the toughest part of all of that is – giving guys a breather and, and helping them so they don't get hurt. Yeah. Um, but by having the, the designated hitter in the national league for the first time ever, you're going to be able to give guys a semi day off, off of their feet and off the playing surface. It's not a total day off, but man, it, it gives you a little bit of air underneath your sails mm -hmm. when you're, when you're in a dead sprint. And that's what this season is going to be about. It's going to be, Katie, bar the door. Expanded playoffs, where would you be if they decided to expand it even more in the future? I've been uh, kind of trapped in the middle where I'm old school in that 162 games, I want that to reflect the best um, teams, and I don't want to make the regular season less meaningful. But at the same time, if you keep more cities involved and you have – you know, the, the NCAA basketball tournament is awesome because it's a bracket. It's a tournament. You've got a lot of teams and not saying MLB is going to be ever close to that. But if you let nearly half the teams in, 
Um, boy, that could be exciting. It might take a little bit away from the regular season, but at the same time, you're going to keep cities involved during that regular season. Where would you stand on the future of expanded playoffs? Look, I, I believe everybody's got to earn their chance to play, but I love the the option of the injury issue. Let, let's say you lose two of your top pitchers early in the season and you get them back at the all-star break and then you just play gangbusters. You may be 10 games back and in a normal season, you couldn't make the playoffs. Even yeah. though you may have the best record in baseball in the second half of the season, you can't catch up because you lost those guys early in the season. Well, this, this gives you an opportunity to have basically the best clubs on the field in the playoffs. And I, and I think that's all anybody can ask in a championship. No doubt. And you know, the, it would help the, the mid market and small market teams as well that uh, anything to help to compete against these big dollar clubs that are just buying clubs. Um, I love David versus Goliath. And there'd be more of that if you expanded the playoffs as well. And you, you, to me, I, I wonder if that would increase the, the moves at the trade di- trade deadline, whatever that may be in this COVID-19 season. But in the future, I, I wonder if that's going to increase moves. Will it take away? That's always really an exciting time in baseball when you start to see big names move from a club that's out of it to a club that's definitely in it. I, I know that People really, especially the fans of that team that's getting the big player, they're the ones that really look forward to that trading issue and that trade deadline. Put yourself back in a player's uniform. All these protocols they're going to have to play under, you're going to have to be thinking about things you normally wouldn't think about, whether it be not spitting, they've said, no high fives. Um, you know, I don't know how far they're going to take it, but uh, you're going to, have to be thinking constantly about what you're doing. Yeah, I think the ultimately the, the safe zone for any athlete is on the playing surface. Mm-hmm. And I think that whether that's from a sickness or whether that's just a, a mental perspective or physically, I think once you step onto the field of play, all of that is gone. You just play ball. That's, that's what you're used to doing. And it really doesn't matter what sport you're in. If you're on a court, if you're on the field, whatever that may be. I think the, the biggest change that you're going to see is is really getting into the ballpark yeah and it's not just the sitting a guy guys are in a lot of different places in, in the game the way it's structured today during the ball game not everybody is is standing right there cheer cheer yay yay whatever uh guys are guys are moving around so i, I don't see that as a as a big difficulty the the separation during the game i think the biggest issue is getting into the ballpark the testing knowing what your test is, trying to find out if, because if everybody is okay on the testing, then you don't have to worry so much about your family, about the other people that you're coming in contact with. I think the the biggest thing is just once you get to the ballpark, you're slick. Well, it's certainly going to change for broadcasters. And despite what may have been reported out there, at least on our end, we haven't been told anything that's going to happen. There is a chance, I guess, that... Uh, radio might travel to road games, but there's been more reporting that that won't happen. How are you going to do a radio broadcast from a TV monitor? Have you thought about that challenge? I hope I don't have to do that, but I will say this. If, if we do have to do that, it will not be my first rodeo in that arena because the first world baseball classic game that was ever done, uh, John Shambi and I did it from a closet of a booth at ESPN. And the game was over in Korea, China, somewhere in Asia. And we did the game via monitor. And oh, he's mastered it now, Boog. He's, he's doing a lot of them now. It was definitely a, a different experience. You can't, um, you can analyze the game. Uh, that's, that's not a problem because the game is right there before you. Uh, the, the issue that you have is trying to create some type of ambiance. And when you have a, a television, if you're doing the game that's on TV, that the ambiance is already created because of the cameras and all the work that's going on on the field. But the issue that you have by doing the games on radio is you're still trying to give the folks a feel. And I, 
a feel of the game and a feel of what's going on and some some semblance of how players are moving and reacting. And you can't, it's hard to do that just on a monitor. Well, especially if it's just one monitor. If, uh, you know, a TV, who knows, we might be privy to all the cameras, at least a few cameras. But if you're doing it off of just the program monitor, which is what you see at home, having done some radio play-by-play, as far as balls in play, runners going from second to third, you're not necessarily going to know that right off the bat. If they're shifting to the right side and they have nearly everyone over there, you're not necessarily going to see that. It depends on what the announcers on TV are talking about. You're not going to see the outfielders where they're shaded. You're not going to see these little things off your peripheral vision that you bring across on the radio as you're painting a picture. You're almost painting a picture with one eye. Yeah, I've always felt like there were things that were going on on the field, in the dugout, around the the home plate area, just physical mannerisms that you pick up while you're playing, um, looking for certain conversations that they're not on the TV. Right. So there, there are things that I would see or talk about that nobody else would even notice is happening, but you, you're able to, to know that this is going to happen because you've been on the field. That's, that's unlimited vision because you're getting to see everything when you're in the booth. That vision will be restricted uh, a lot. Uh, it'll be down to a screen and you won't have the same effect in in broadcasting because you're not going to be allowed to see those things that you normally have on your broadcast well one thing you'll have though is the center field camera so we will get right down broadway <laughs> can, can you give me one right now it's been a while we since i've heard we will always have right down broadway <laughs> and we will always have the yellow hammer Yes, we'll always, as long as Sonny Gray is pitching for the Reds, we'll always have a yellow hammer. You can book that. <laughs> and let's refresh for the kids that don't know that are listening what a yellow hammer is. That's that curveball that starts right up around Memphis and drops straight on down to New Orleans. That's- <laughs> oh, how I've missed that. You know, if we do travel, we might be roading it. We might be. They're not. They're definitely not going to let us travel with the team. That's that would be over in 2020. That ain't happening. So uh, we might be logging a lot of miles if if they would let us travel on the road. Yeah. Well, as of now, I assume that that is the plan. I, I do know that that's what our team would like to have done, and I'm I would like to be at the ballpark, uh, yeah. whether we're on the road or at at home. It doesn't matter. I, I think that's that's the best way to convey the game to the people that are listening. Uh, if something happens for the two, two and a half months that we're playing baseball, we can't do that. Well, that that's out of my control. You still just do the best that you can. And, um, if, if we are traveling some, there may be some creative ways that we figure out how to get to the ball game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know one thing after the game, we we'll have to make sure we have enough Coca-Cola stocked up. It'll be like traveling with kids that need their soda. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there are certain needs that you have out there and uh, mine are pretty simple. <laughs> I heard the wife even has you walk in morning and, and night, oh. right? Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's been a little change for me um, <laughs> being here in Mississippi this time of year. Um, it hadn't been all Coca Cola and fried chicken and ribs, I can tell you that. <laughs> oh yeah, I I've, bet you've mixed in some though. I've had some new introductions to my diet and my activity schedule. <laughs> my pants are a little bigger than what they were the last. Really? Time, well, so. that's good. See that it's the maybe the true sign of the apocalypse. I've actually been on my bike and a treadmill and walking myself and um I've cut the boiler about in half. That's a good thing. Yeah, so we it's a real good thing. But it's the the first half is easy. It's the the rest of it that's Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just keep on with it. That's what you do. So you've been binge watching TV like everyone else? No, I we've watched a little bit of TV. I probably watch more TV when I'm, you know, by myself during the season. 
Um, we've spent more time um, in the swimming pool. That's that's been the greatest blessing and the greatest use that we've gotten out of anything that we own. Is during this time we've been able to, you know, it's it's hotter than blazes down here. So if you go outside, you better have a body of water somewhere close by, <laughs> whether you're drinking it or getting in it. But you better have something because it's hot. I always, uh, Billy Hamilton from Mississippi, I'd always like, you know, it'd be August in Ohio. I'd be like, man, is it hot today? And he'd be like, hey, Mississippi hot. <laughs> no, it ain't Mississippi hot. It's a different kind of hot down there. It is. You know, when you when you get up in the morning and we go walk, it's um, it's really nice out there. It, it's warm, but there's very little humidity, um, at least right now <laughs> but once you once it starts um until right around she's 11 12 o'clock at night i mean it's it's not just hot outside it's wet and it's that that just makes it it makes it tough to be out there yeah you know, we spent we spent last weekend with with mason and, and playing in his tournament um it was smoking i mean you just when you're not here in in the South in the summer and you're somewhere else, you forget. I mean, the heat, you might look and the numbers might be hotter somewhere else, but it does not have humidity like down here. I mean, it, it is so hot. It doesn't, it can't even rain. That's how hot it is. <laughs> the water's in the air. It's just not dropping. It's just sitting there. Wow. Yeah. No, the, the times I've been in the South that time of year, it's just, Crazy hot. Crazy hot. So you have not been binge watching TV. Wow. I'm so used to on the when we're going from city to city on the airplane, you are just locked into your computer. And ladies and gentlemen, I've never seen anyone that likes movies that are just like shoot them up. <laughs> just <laughs> it could be the worst rated movie ever, but if it has some action like that. Some chase scenes or some shooting or something. You're locked in. I do like action. There is no doubt about it. If, it, if it's some kind of um, when Harry met Sally kind of movie, uh, <laughs> not happening. <laughs> you know, they they make movies like John Wick and The Terminator and RoboCop for clowns like me because we dig that. <laughs> It's unbelievable. I just like, it's like when I look at your computer screen, because normally I'm sitting right behind you. Yeah. And I will look at your computer screen and I couldn't tell what movie it is. It all looks like the same movie. <laughs> it time. is. It might be. <laughs> I might be watching it again. Uh, you know, I, I am kind of in a bit of mourning because there has not been a new Marvel series that has come out because I could watch those until the cows come. Yeah. Out. I'm with you on that. Anything that's Marvel. I'm digging it. Yeah. And my son likes it too. Really? So, you know, that's one thing that, that we can watch some of those other movies. I, I, I don't really let him watch. You those. like those network TV shows, not necessarily the Netflix shows like the over the air, the ABC, NBC, CBS shows a lot. Yeah. Some of them that you watch, I'm like, you watch that really? You're like, Oh yeah. Locked in. Yeah, I like um, like Bull the the series with the um, yeah lawyer. He's well, he's a consultant, a jury consultant. Yes, I, I like that. Um, anything that Jason has the Bull. Letters, yeah, anything that has the letters N C I S or S W A T, I'm digging it. I watch them all. You watch the SWAT show on? CBS? I will watch all of them. Ah, uh, see, I'm not. That one's a little too much for me, the SWAT one. I love it. Because see, I, I don't get into the 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 truth or this has got to be actual real life. It is all an escape for me. Okay. So that's the problem I have with that show because the SWAT guys aren't gonna go out and investigate the crime. Yeah. They just call the SWAT guys in when yeah, there's a situation. And watching a factual show like <laughs> Like the the twenty twenties and Dateline that are actually real things. I don't want to watch that. It doesn't have enough juice. You know, I want to watch something that's made up, that's fantasy, that's like hard hitting. You're not gonna chop somebody's head off in real life and show the blood spurting around. I gotta see it. 
Goodness gracious. You all right? I'm all right. Just miss these conversations. <laughs> Just miss a lot of things about the road, the game. About it, uh, it's amazing when you get, you know, you're so locked into the, I hate to, I keep using that term locked in, but um, spring training, I'm out there the whole time. And then you've got six months of baseball and it's nearly every day. And then you have the off season where you just kind of, you know, re regroup, but it, it feels like a 10 years since I've seen a baseball game. Like uh, when we, as we get older, time flies, you know, you're like, slow it down. This has been the slowest moving three months of my life. Yeah. I, if I didn't have two children that are teenagers that are just evolving in quick fashion, I, I would say the same thing because I, I definitely miss the, the baseball aspect of it and just the, the continuation of, of what we do. You know, there, there's something to do all the time. You're, you're never, I mean, when you're, when you stop in the middle of baseball, it's cause you gotta go to sleep. I mean, that's why you stop, you know, and when you wake up, you're just right back at it. I mean, it's just kind of the way it works, but being home and um, having a daughter that's driving now and um, oh, son, no. oh, my son is playing football. He's playing on two different baseball teams, both one at school, one that's a travel club. I mean, it, it's just a lot of, a lot of moving parts. I mean, there's a lot of practices and you know, you're, you're trying to, to give, um, Elizabeth some space and, and let her drive a little bit. I mean, even though you're, you're saying, well, nobody can go anywhere. You can't see anybody. At least the first month and a half of this thing was like that, but you still, I mean, you got your license. You still want to be able to drive around by yourself. So oh, yeah. here, go drive around for 30, 45 minutes and then come back home. <laughs> you know <what> I mean, jeez. <laughs> oh, well, hopefully we're going to be seeing each other in person here soon. I hope so. I hope I, so too. And I believe that we will. You believe it? I do. I believe this is going to happen rather quickly. I think it's all going to come to fruition next week sometime. We're going to have a reporting date and we're going to get on it. Well, I can't wait for that. Goodness. I would just like to sit in the stands and watch them take PFP pitchers fielding practice, which is the most boring thing to do <laughs> or watch. I'll take that right now. Give me some PFP. And Freddie Benavides, a ground ball to Amir Garrett. He'll cover first base. Votto flips on, and we got him. Over and over. <laughs> Two or 300 times in a row, the pitchers lined Freddie, up. Freddie, here's Freddie again. And yeah. Sonny Gray will cover first. Kyle Farmer will flip on to him, and we go on to number three. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, all right. I've kept you long enough i appreciate you uh getting on zoom here this is my first uh podcast via zoom by the way was it really it is i've been doing them on the phone this is how you know this is how we do our church and our sunday school classes on zoom how crazy is that yeah i know and yep we still have it i mean you can't go it's like that's the only way you're going it's either on the on the computer or you're not gonna make it there's definitely going to change life going forward. There's going to be a lot more working from home. There's going to be a lot of more meetings via computer. There's going to be uh, more social distancing, not necessarily because there's going to be a, a virus out there years from now. It's just uh, the world has forever changed once again. Yeah, I, I find it really interesting as as we have moved on in, in all of this pandemic, the the changes that we've not only seen in our lifestyle, but the changes that we've seen in our technological lifestyle, uh, just at the point where you think, okay, well, what else is going to come up with technology? This happens. And, and then we see it right in front of our face. I mean, we're seeing basically history turned right and we're in it. It's pretty cool. No doubt. Even got Marty Brenneman doing zoom calls. So you oh, look out. <laughs> Boy, did he uh, pick a time to retire, huh? No kidding. No kidding. I told him, I'm like, you know, you, baseball gods are looking down upon you because, one, when you started, you came right into the height of the big red machine, and you retired, and look what's going on now. You're not dealing with any of it. So, Good for him. Yep, absolutely. Well, good for you. Can't wait to hear rat down Broadway. 
<laughs> Me either. I can't wait to say it. Two, two, pitch. <laughs> Sorry. Can you tell I've been locked up a little too long here? You need to let we me all, out. I'm used we all to, have. used to traveling, man. I'm used to being out, living out of a suitcase for six months. They need to let me out. Well, everybody, every, whenever I've done these Zoom calls, they've all been in here in my office. And normally the only time I'm, I'm in here is either paying bills or doing taxes. That's it. <laughs> well, that's a big league office, by the way. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, he's got the big league shelf, big league shelves behind him. Actually, he has some books on the shelf. I don't know if you've read any of those, but read them all, all of them. Molly versed. <laughs> yeah, your nose grows. You probably don't even know what books are up there. He's laughing hysterically. <laughs> well, I know they're there. Are they real books? All real, really? just well, for sure. Yeah, well, they're all mine. <laughs> <laughs> all right, great talking to you. Thanks again for uh, hanging out with us here. You too, man. Anytime on the old podcast, we'll do it again as the cowboy makes his triumphant return to the Jim Day podcast. Follow along. Uh, where can I get you on social media? What are you? At Reds Cowboy. At Reds Cowboy. Check him out. I'm at Jim Day TV on Twitter and Instagram. And if you'd like to go on and rate and review this podcast, we appreciate it. As always, spread the word, and we will see you on down the road. And we hope, fingers crossed, we'll be talking about real baseball here very, very soon. For the Cowboy Jeff Brantley, I'm Jim Day. Thanks for checking out the Jim Day Podcast presented by Kroger. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.